Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness, Benny. Yeah, officially the first part of the new year. We're excited, 2020, bring on the new decade, right? Bring it on, bring it on. I think I felt it come in and... Goodbye, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> was nice knowing you. Don't let the door hit you on the way out there. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, heard that from more than one person to include myself, right? It's like the teenage years. Yeah, yeah it was a good yeah. learning experience. You don't want to see him again. Yeah. 20s, it's a whole new game. Whole new game. Yeah, oh. don't go back to uh, junior high school, by the way. That's really <laughs> junior high, right? not a good time. Not a good time. So drive careful out there. Mm-hmm. There's some snowflakes. It's coming down. It's a mix in certain areas. Oh, the foothills over by the Cascades, <laughs> as we uh, would say in the biz. Um, yeah, so just slow down. That's I, all, all, all I'm going to say. Slow down. I, I have to put my chin down to talk. Yeah, that's what the Deep. radio guys do. That's, yep, they do this. that's what the radio mm-hmm. guys do. Yeah, put do. your one hand on the headset there when okay. you're doing it, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh there like you go. This? There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. I got it. I got <laughs> it. <over> Everybody, <laughs> well, Everybody watching uh, on our uh, studio cam. I love you all. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hi, Mom. I know you didn't think I'd ever one. be doing that this. One's one's, oh, yeah, I'm there over go, there now. Yeah, yeah. Rotate. <laughs> you know, for you. they're they're just trying to cause <laughs> trouble. I hope you're in a good mood this morning because you're going to be uh, real shortly if you're not. And uh, just to remind you, I'm Loretta Brown. I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in beautiful Bellevue, Washington, the east side of Seattle. And uh, we've been in business about 25 years. We do all kinds of good things over at Reiki Oasis. So, um, you know, if you're stressed out, we're a great place to come. We don't call it the Oasis for nothing. We want you to to relax and remember who you are and and, uh, connect with all the good things of life, as I say. I do have a wonderful class for women every month. We call it the Temple of the Divine Feminine because obviously... You are all goddesses in the works. That's how, yeah. Some of you may have arrived already or think you have. And either way, we have a wonderful time. It will be Saturday, January 18th. You can sign up for that class at schedule.reikioasis.com. I do have my crystal bowl meditation concert on Sunday evening, January 19th at Bala Yoga in Kirkland, Uh, You can wear your yoga clothes. This is a great time to come and just sort of relax. Let the sound of the crystal bowls wash through you. They're a very clarifying sound. Uh, Quite often a heart sound. Sometimes people cry, but they always feel better. And that's what we're all about. So come on out January 19th. You get tickets from Bali Yoga in Kirkland. And uh, I do have some wonderful guests in the studio before I bring them on. There are two things happening for my Sky Watchers that I absolutely have to mention or I would be derelict in my duty, right? The first thing happens tomorrow, January 10th at uh, 2.21 p.m. We have a powerful lunar eclipse in the sign of Cancer. Now, this is the first of four lunar eclipses lined up for 2020, and because it's in that sensitive water sign cancer, this eclipse can be very emotional time for many of you. Cancer controls the family and the home aspects of life. It might be telling you to strengthen your foundations, take a little bit more uh, look at yourself, and, you know, whenever the emotions are up, try to exhale, try to drink water, do all the right things, and remember that 
yelling at people and getting angry is really not the answer. It doesn't get us where we want to be. This eclipse is also known as the full wolf moon eclipse. And the wolf moon is called, is given, uh, or the name of the wolf moon is given to the January full moon by various sources, including Native Americans. And we don't know for sure, but this is the time of the year that wolves howl the most. So when you think about wolves howling, uh, once again, be aware of your communication. How are you communicating? And be good with your heart and everyone else's heart. Benny, you're looking at I was wondering if you're going to provide us with a little sample. No. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I got my answer. my guess might. You know, if you want to. There's a little baby one. (laughs) There you go. See? I'm about to do it like this. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm doing it right. I love it. Yeah, thank you. And the second thing I need to mention is this great big huge thing that everybody's been talking about forever, and that is Saturn conjunct Pluto in Capricorn on January 12th, which I think is Sunday. And that will actually be happening at 8.59 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and this is one of the most important transits of the decade. The last time we had a Saturn and Pluto conjunction in Capricorn was in January of 1518, which is 502 years ago. And at that time, what happened? We had a Reformation. Martin Luther nailed his 95 Theses to the church door in Wittenberg and began the Protestant Revolution. So um, you're not going to see this sort of a, a thing in, our, in your life again, so pay attention to it. Uh, there are all kinds of things that could happen, and with that powerful energy, we want to ride on the top of that crest of change because this is true change now, and it's not just a little bit of change. It's structural change. On a global level, we may expect to see big shifts in things such as governments, political boundaries, economic happenings, or far-reaching advancements in technology or thought. And with most things, we may not realize the impact of some of these shifts until much later. From the Pluto influence, there's an experience of unfolding, acceleration, and deepening while Saturn is helping us to refine, accept, recover, and affirm. And so with these two planets working together, it's really a big deal. And like I say, in this very uh, challenging times we live in, always, always, always get into your heart and come from that deep place. Stay grounded. Do the things that matter that make remind you that you are in a human body and it really does need you to take care of it. And then be kind. Be kind to goes a long, long ways. And then just if you're really bad, just, you know, do this and just howl, you know. Do it quietly. Do it, do it in the closet, you know, whatever. Get it out and so that you'll feel better. So thank you. That's my, <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> and I think that's the perfect uh, groundwork to bring my guests on because guess what? Guess who I have in the studio with me this morning? Number one, I have three handsome men. That's, I'm good. Really good, just right let out the you gate, know. Just like that. Just like right that. Out the gate. I know. But my guest this week is two members of Global Warning. Global Warning is a band. And in my studio today, I have Alan Boyd and I have Rich Weaver. And the band comes to us out somewhere out around the Snohomish area. And they have recorded with Grammy nominated producer Paul Spear. 
And they have a new uh, new release they're working on, Seven Theory, about the end times. That's why it's so good to have them on the show. So thanks for coming in this morning, you guys. It's great to have you. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah. So I was asking before the show, how long have you guys known each other? Rich and I have known each other <clears throat> since the uh, early 90s, and so about 30 years. We've been playing music together for now, actually, uh, at a professional level for 20. 20 years. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so who came up with the name of your band, Global Warning? Well, the name, <clears throat> I guess, probably came around 1995. I mean, it, as far as just a name and just stuck for, for a lot of years. And then when, you know, the band started, um, you know, give or take around 2000, um, figuring, you know, what, what's a band going to be called? And just this, this state of the world things going on, it just was a good name and it stuck. So that, that's pretty much where it came from. I like that. Um, in your music, you know, I'm, I was telling them before the show, and I do say this on the air, I'm always selective who I bring on the show because it's not just about music. It, it is. I love music. I think music are the, is the basis of everything. But you guys actually kind of have a heartfelt message coming through your music, and uh, if you could talk about that just a little bit and also let the listening audience know what's your genre, what's your type of music, and, um, and let's just go from there. Yeah. This is Alan, and uh, from my point and my my perspective is that the music is straight out Christian-based. About And a lot of things that I write about are about my relationship with God and Jesus. And I believe that um, he is able to heal and help in, in really, really not just physical times, but also in spiritual times. And um, ever since I was 16, I dedicated my life to him. And on that whole journey, every time I've gone down a rabbit trail all alone, God has said, Alan, what are you doing? I got plans for you down this road. But if you want to go play, I'll just wait right here. And once I get done beating my head or hitting the dead end, I come back up that rabbit trail and God said, here, take my hand again. He's, a, he's the God of second chances. And so if anybody is needing something spiritually, um, if you haven't tried Jesus, I'm just saying, if you never got on the roller coaster, get on that roller coaster. So this is a really big part of your life. And it yes. influences everything that you do. It comes through in your music somehow. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So what is, um, talk to me a little bit about uh, the messages of your songs and what it is that comes through that. <clears throat> Well, as far as the concept record, it's, it's, you know, pretty much revelations, you know, biblically within that time frame, you know, the seven-year stretch there. But as far as what we write about, it's it's all over the scope. I mean, you know, spiritual-based, what what we go through, 
there, there's people out there that don't believe in God, don't, don't you know, go to church, that go through the same problems we do or struggle with the same things we do, you know, um, everyday life topics. However, with the concept record, because we've been so deep into that for a while, it's, it's really centered around that. You know, once this record's done down the point, then we can open things back up and have a broader spectrum, you know, topics to touch upon. So it, you said something on, on the air, and I, w- I want to just explain <clears throat> to the listening audience, because you guys are obviously Christians, right? Yeah. And right. In the Christian viewpoint, there is uh, uh, something called the end times. The seven years is what? And I'm not going to go deep into a Bible uh, uh, lesson on the air, right? Because I have all kinds of listeners. Some are Christian, some are not, <clears throat> right? So we want to make it approachable to everybody. But... Um, there's a seven-year tr- uh, tribulation period, Correct. right? So the end times uh, are talking about going into that troubled time. Correct. Okay. Yeah. 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 And from uh, your Christian viewpoint, you know, you, you tap into the help of God and Jesus in order to make it through that time. And I think that's an approachable idea for the listeners, you know, that we need help from some other place, mm-hmm. right? Right. right? Right. Exactly. Good. And you've been working on this co- uh, concept uh, album. How long have, are you working on it? It's it's been a stretch. Um, I mean, there's mm-hmm. going to be roughly, you know, twenty seven, twenty eight tracks when it's all done. But half of that will be, you know, regular songs. Uh, the other half will be, you know, segue pieces in between. Now, if you've like a lot of your listeners and, and even you, you know, are familiar with Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Well, Pink Floyd's The Wall was a concept record. So think of it as a, a hard rock, you know, maybe heavy metal version of Pink Floyd um, with a story and segue pieces in between the songs. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Who who influenced you? And, and, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people listening would go, they haven't heard your music yet. We're going to mm-hmm. play some of that on the air. But, um, you know, everybody gets this idea of what, what music is supposed to sound like. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go to church you, out there, you're going to hear a certain type of music and you guys don't actually fit into that quite <laughs> nicely, <laughs> neatly. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so who influenced you and where did all this uh, interest in this genre of music come from? Yeah. Well, as far as <clears throat> bands that have influenced me, there's quite a few. I, I listen to, you know, everything from. Johnny Cash to, you know, Metallica or, or whoever, but um, current band, Chevelle, Godsmack, Korn, you know, have been big influences, I think, musically. Um, you know, Pink Floyd, Queensryche, you know, Queensryche from Seattle, they came out with the concept record, um, Operation Mindcrime, that was a concept-themed album, which has been a big influence on Alan and myself as well. Alan has been influenced by a lot of the same bands I have, but he can mention uh, some. Yeah, when, when I first started singing, I was really influenced by Neil Diamond. I, when I was like eight or nine or ten, I used to take his records and try to mimic him, and there was no way I was going to sing that low <laughs> at that age. Uh, but I just love the, the, t- the timber in his voice, and it attracted me to start singing. I sang and sang. And finally... Um, got hooked up with David Kyle, who was one of the top five vocal teachers here in the nation. And he lived here at Alki, and he taught Jeff Tate of Queensryche, who influenced me as well. 
and a great singer, great vocalist, a uh, lot of talent. And uh, other, as Rich has mentioned, other bands, you know, P.O.D., Brian Head Welch of Korn. Um, he's put out some solo stuff I thought was really in- innovative. And, uh, yeah. and it kind of went from there. Yeah. 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 And then, and then um, trying to find your voice is something or your sound as a band or musician whether you're playing guitar or bass you're trying to find your own sound same same with vocals so yeah i like what you said finding your voice i think that's a huge deal um i i have a little bit of a i suppose it's a hobby horse like the way that records are put out the way that things are put out has changed so much you know with the advent of technology everybody nowadays is a composer and an artist and an author and a lot of them are self-composing and self-generating uh, music and I sometimes feel like everything sounds the same so um, mm-hmm. I think finding your voice or finding out what does it take to be that a unique voice or what is it how do you how do you stick out from the crowd um, maybe you can talk about that and then also talk about how production and, and distribution how all of it has changed you know, because you guys have been doing this 20 years, so. Okay, go, going about, you know, finding your voice, it's, um, or your sound, it's, it's, it's almost part of your whole being and part of your spirit as well. <clears throat> it's like when you got, when you were talking earlier about howling, we all have our own howl. Mm-hmm. If I, if I howled for you, I'd be very loud and you guys go, wow, you need it. <laughs> Turn off that microphone. Do we want that? I, I'm looking at Betty. No. <laughs> I offered it. No, 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 it's okay. Go for it. Oh! oh! Woo! Okay. That again. That again. <laughs> that was awesome. Well done. So you find you find your voice. I feel and, better. And I feel <laughs> I feel I feel that people around you can help you find your voice if you're attentive and you listen and they're directing you in the right in the right way of finding your voice. And so I guess I'm talking a little bit broader sense at this point in time, but actually finding your speaking voice, your singing voice, it took training. It took a lot of discipline. It took some investment in, in funds to, to go with David Kyle, which I'm sad to know that he's passed. Uh, but again, he was an amazing teacher, and he loved every student. And when you walked into his um, studio, in front of his grand piano, he had pictures of famous people you never thought that he touched. But he did. So finding your voice is a unique thing, and it's, it's, all, it's all experimental because there's, at one point, I wanted to sound just like Jeff Tate, and I did. And I hit the high C notes all the time, and it was just became too obnoxious. And then so finally, um, I had some friends come to me and say, you need to settle down a little bit <laughs> because this is you're howling too much. <laughs> and so... Uh, <clears throat> Could there ever be too much howling? Never mind. I'm just well, <laughs> you were talking about too much howling earlier. So uh, anyway, um, so I feel that in Global Warning, I have found the sound and my the voice that needs to be there for the band, the signature sound, which mm-hmm. people will hear pretty soon, I guess. So Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to tap them into that. Yeah. Um, you look like you have something to say. Was oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, you know, you guys have uh, put some music out there, and I, uh, 
I think some of your music was used for a movie. What What are some of the things that you've put out there? Uh, was <clears throat> the movie was, uh, uh, well, ACM Records, our previous label that we've been on, uh, was uh, Spy the Movie. Uh, it was a soundtrack they had released, one of the songs off of uh, our Enemy Within album. And that was uh, Vincent Pastore, Pastore uh, the Sopranos. He was one of the guys mm-hmm. that was in that TV show. So, yeah. There's a song called Missing Peace um, that was featured in that. Um, and it, we were talking about you finding your voice. Do you feel like you had found your voice at that point? As the band goes, or me personally? Yeah. Oh, as the band? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We've, we've been developing our sound since the first um, debut release. And it's all been experimental. <clears throat> and then finally... It seems like um, our th- our third album, our second album, um, Enemy Within. I think we were there. Yeah, for sure. And and I'm going to go back to uh, kind of revisit a question and draw out some more details. So, how how did you know, or how do you know, you found your voice as a band? What. Yeah, I'm just letting you answer that because I'm a musician. And I'm sort mm-hmm. of like, you know how you're playing with a group and all of a sudden you're just like really in that pocket and you're like, oh my, we're here, right? It's a little hard to define, but... I think there's a synchronization with everybody, whether it's in a room or in a recording studio, and you hear it. It happens. And it's like a special moment. And you want to keep capturing that special moment. But you realize that we're already there. We've arrived at that point. Now, there's always growth, too. Once you get to that point where, you, like you're saying, we find found our voice, we established it, and we kept on being, um, oh, I can't find the word, <laughs> diligent, being diligent about um, sticking with it. Mm-hmm. So what do you think sets you apart from... Other bands that might be, <clears throat> excuse me, in your same genre. <clears throat> I think there's a some different tonalities. The voice is different in some aspects. The music has its own appeal, mm-hmm. and there is um, obviously a different message, which is spirit led. Got it. Do you think maybe we should hear some of your music? Sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah. What? Which one? I got the two. Fire it away. Uh, apocalyptic? We could do it. Okay. okay you want to so tease up into it real fast? Like, turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> turn so, up your radio. Uh, apocalyptic, <laughs> mm-hmm. and can you tell us anything about this piece before we put it on? Well, it was a song that, that happened to come up uh, during the concept writing, and apocalyptic is about... Um, the things that are kind of going on now and will be happening is is in the lyrics and um, speak about uh, the things that we're going to see happening here in the near future and some scary things, some things that will make you question, like, should I really be not being serious about me, myself spiritually and not taking things seriously. Okay. All right. So for the listeners, get ready. 
So there you have it. Apocalyptic, Global Warning, the band. Awesome. Amazing. We're going to take a little station break. This is Loretta Brown. And like I said, my guests today are Alan Boyd and Rich Weaver from Global Warning, a, an amazing band that is out there. And uh, go ahead, take a break. Don't go away, though. We'll be right back. Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. The most dangerous day for a newborn is her first day of life. Every 31 seconds, an infant dies from infections, pneumonia, malnutrition. But she doesn't have to die. For more than 60 years, Project Hope has been saving lives around the world, delivering medicines and supplies, giving newborns a healthy start, making sure her first day of life is not her last, because everyone deserves hope. To volunteer or learn more about Project Hope, 
visit projecthope.org slash newborns. It's time that you are heard, and I don't mean in just a conversation. I mean really heard. Imagine hosting your very own radio program on Alternative Talk 1150. Talk about being heard. Call 425-653-1150 right now to learn how affordable it can be to host your own radio show. Time slots are going fast, so take hold of this chance by dialing 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show. And my guest today is Alan Boyd and Rich Weaver from Global Warning, an amazing band. Would you call it, what do you call yourself? Like a Christian rock band or a metal, heavy metal? What are you? I think we just call ourselves a Christian rock band. Christian rock or, band? Or, or metal band. Okay. Um, yeah, when somebody says metal, it's back to the 80s. and I it's know, really, that's why. <laughs> it's more, I guess we're more of new metal kind of godsmack disturbed okay in in that in that sense maybe people would pinpoint us as metallicish kind of yeah the metal back then was big hair oh now, yeah now it's as no tech hair, hair. Yeah. Now, yeah. Tech, now it's <laughs> yeah. no hair so we got to reframe that yeah. <laughs> i'm with you well, you know, th- they say as you stick around long enough, st- uh, fashions come yeah. back in. Yeah. But they come back in slightly different, right? Yes. You know. So, uh, yeah, uh, during the break, we were talking a little bit about production. Uh, could you please talk about that? How more about production and, and the information that you guys have that you want to share with us? Well, as far as production, the the pre-production that we're doing, we do at our own studio, you know, to get, get the stuff recorded. It's glorified demo. As far as the, you know, the major commercial studios, we worked in a lot in this area here. Um, studio Litho, Robert Lang, um, over, I think it's in Shoreline, uh, Bobby's studio. He's uh, Foo Fighters, Nirvana, just tons and tons of bands have recorded there. Uh, Paul Spear, our former, Producer, the first, the guy that really gave us a taste of going into a major studio back when, uh, after our first album, mm-hmm. um, he, he his studio was down in this area here. So, uh, as far as the commercial release stuff, it's all done in big studios. The the stuff that goes out, you know, what I'm saying that we sell to radio and so on and so forth. So how have things changed, you know, like I, I said, how have, how have things changed in production over the last 10 years? What are some of the things you've seen, and what are the challenges that brings up? Or well, is it easier? As far as the production, um, I guess, I mean, yeah, the technology has changed, obviously, making it a lot more accessible. Mm-hmm. As far as the, you know, industry is concerned, you know, um, in the early 2000s is when the shift started, you know. I mean, back then it was, you know, go record a demo, send it to record labels, uh, get a deal, you know, two, three, four album deal. You know, they give you 150, 200 grand, go into a studio, record. 
that's changed. Those mm. those days are, I'm not going to say they're entirely gone, but they're not so much anymore. Uh, now bands really have to do a lot of their own legwork and getting themselves, you know, somewhat successful on their own. Mm-hmm. And then having a product that's really almost releasable uh, for the most part. You know, unless you're, st- you know, the big bands out there that are still going, of course, you know, they can do things differently because they have the, the fan base, mm-hmm. you know. And um, that's been the biggest thing, you know, for a band like us, having to learn to navigate in those waters. And, and I know there's been a lot of bands that have just, that came up during, you know, the, the 90s and mm-hmm. that just can't handle it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if that makes it harder for people. Probably does. Like you say, you have to do a lot of your own leg wor- leg work. Well, the, the thing with really you know in the in the 2000s, uh, 90s, and 2000s is you know a band would release a record. If it was successful, it was creating a buzz for you know a year, year and a half. Now, now you can release a record. It can create a massive buzz, and three months later, it's like it never happened. Yeah. Because there's so much static on the airwaves now. Because every you know fourteen year old has a band mm-hmm. because the recording is more accessible, so the, it's flooded the market yeah. with more material. So we we have to sift through more stuff to find the stuff that we might want to find or, or what have you. Yeah, that actually was the answer to my question. You 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 got there. You got there to what I was really asking. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. There is a, a a tendency for everything to to be like you say right in front, and then. Pretty soon, you know, within three months, you've fallen to the back somewhere. Yeah, it's very, exactly. very different than what it used to be. Yeah. Um, how many How many albums have you released? We've released three full length albums, a um, couple EPs along the way, mm-hmm. and the the seventh theory will be the fourth. So, what is what needs to happen for that album to come out? Well, probably about 150 grand. Okay. <laughs> uh, to be able to go in and, and re, you know, record it the way it needs to be recorded. It's a long record. There's a lot. I mean, if this was a typical 10, 12 song album, we could go in for, you know, probably four, thirty, forty thousand dollars and probably pull it off. But this is going to be uh, an uh, epic thing. And so, when you say 150 thousand, what is that money for? Where does it go? Is it for the recording for the yeah, recording, uh, you know, production, mm-hmm. um, all aspects of it from, I mean, you know, going into the studio, drum heads, guitar strings, to recording, to, you know, uh, getting it mastered, you know, um, and then shopping it, you know, to some labels and stuff and to, well, to some industry people. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so how how do you raise that money, or do you need listeners to help you? Well, we're we're basically <laughs> our our goal is when it's done, we're going to shop it to there, there's a, there's a bunch of industry people we're okay. going to be hitting up, um, probably doing a deal with them to. They're going to be you know involved in some of the legal aspects of it. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. uh, compensation wise, but mm-hmm. getting the money to go in and record it, and then the goal is to license it out. To a label, you know, uh, Universal Warner, you know, a, a major company that's got massive distribution, license it, license it through them mm-hmm. to get it released. 
Right. So what what advice or do you have any advice or pointers could you give people that might be listening that are thinking about doing their own music or trying to put together a band or an album? What what would you what kind of advice can you give them? Like don't do it? <laughs> well, it, it's all it's all about your passion and like Rich was saying here just a minute ago that the availability of equipment is so affordable right now. You can, um, there's a lot of uh, hip hop artists that are doing things in their home studio that would be sound good because they're all digital. And microphones and uh, interfaces and computers and programs, you can get Logic or Pro Tools now at such a low amount of money. Probably for under three grand, you can have a whole little recording home studio that's going to produce some decent stuff for pre-production. It's not going to be like going into Studio Litho, uh, Stone Gosser's um, studio mm-hmm. that Pro Jam is used, where I mean, you put on one of their records and you know you can hear evidence of the song that you played, Apocalyptic, from us um, in the in the the audio quality, and that's where it comes from home studio to big time pro studios is the, your audio quality. Yeah. I mean unless you have a $300,000 Neve mixer in your in your room somewhere and a big drum room and all that. Yeah, you know, I mean it's a huge investment. Uh, but the availability for people to to find their voice and to howl into microphones and to play their guitar chords and piano parts and um any other instruments they would want to do, bells, anything. They they could do it. They could make their own spiritual music. And and uh, there's lots of companies out there. I'm not going to mention any because I'm not getting paid for it. Right. So. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> but there's lots of companies out there that sell musical equipment. Um, and I'm just going to put this out there because I this is where I shop. I shop at all the pawn shops. And you will find great deals on recording equipment. If anybody's out there listening right now, there's lots of pawn shops here in the greater Seattle area that you can find deals on interfaces, microphones. Uh, uh, cabling is a little bit different. Um, but all the equipment that you, you would need. I mean, you can, you can uh, research it on Google. What do I need to make a home studio? And I'm pretty sure there will be lots and lots of listings for for things to get started yeah i think that's i think that's really good advice i uh i'm also hearing in there you know for people listening it is good to get a little bit of education Mm -hmm. youtube tells you all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) what do you need but um also we were talking during the break i don't think we put this on the air where it was that you recorded and got apocalyptic um Recorded, you were talking about a really expensive microphone and what that was like to sing on that. Do you want to make a comment about that? Uh, yeah, there's um, several big brands of microphones. Telefunken was the one that I was using. I don't know the model number, but I know that was about a $12,000 microphone. <laughs> there's the, the famous <laughs> Neumann U87. And if you know anything about microphones, I think those things are around two grand grand so the the higher the more money you spend the more you're 
audio you're going to get out of it. But there's a point where you're going to lose because you don't have that big drum room. You don't have the big, nice vocal booth, things like that. Um, but anyway, the studio is amazing. Uh, that was that studio lift, though, where we recorded, recorded Apocalyptic. And we recorded another song there also as well called Broken Dreams. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's interested, you can go to www.globalwarning.net to see and hear and um, taste with your ears our music and see pictures. <clears throat> and there's lots of links to our Facebook and other information as well. Um, I was uh, thinking about when you were talking about that expensive microphone. You know, I, I play the piano, and I grew up playing a little spinet piano, and I thought, wow, this mm-hmm. is pretty good. And then I remember when I finally got piano lessons with a teacher with this great big nine-foot grand piano, and I went in and played like three notes, and it was so beautiful I had to stop. I was like, that is the most beautiful sound. So there really is a lot to be said about recording and the quality of that sound, and the nuance of that, and of course, we could talk about digital versus, you know, L- LPs, analog. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and well, it is what it is, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I like, think that digital is awesome for editing. You know, and I mean, it's got a great sound too. But I think, still to this day, the best recording audio that we ever is when we worked with Paul Spear mm-hmm. back early on, and mm-hmm. he took. Um, some Pro Tool uh, sessions that we had done in digital and dumped them on two-inch analog. And then and there's a couple songs we did with him that has the collaboration of analog and digital together. Right. And there's just a distinct sound that when you hear those songs, you're like, wow. Yeah, and it really, um, because to me, you know, music is alive. You know, there's mm-hmm. a sound wave that actually comes out in the room. I mean, it's and moves through the body, and that different sound can really, it really a- affects you. Yeah. Um, I think of music as emotional. For me, it's emotional. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's intellectual. But for me, it's always been more emotional. You can, you can play a song and paint a picture or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and exactly. I think you guys' music really does that. Yeah. Music is powerful. It's one of the most powerful forces on, on planet Earth, I truly believe. I mean, people, you know, get married to music. People have committed suicide to music, you know, and and I can go on. It's a a very powerful force when we're happy, you know what I'm saying, when we're sad or we just don't think we can carry on, you know, we get ourselves in a a funk and um, we've all done it, you know, gravitate to a song or a band or somebody, you know. No, that's that's really really true. I, uh, uh, you know, I I often select a piece of music based on how I'm feeling, or if I'm sad, I know it sounds funny, but if I really need to cry, I'll pull something out that I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm going to go for that. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm getting too down, I do try to bring something myself up with music. Mm-hmm. And of course, we all laugh a lot about the music we play when we're cleaning house, <laughs> right? <laughs> Abba. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that kind of thing. But um, I think it's really good for everyone listening. You know, just to think about what kind of music do you listen to, and does it lift you up? Does it take you down? And um, maybe if you changed what you listen to, you can actually help yourself. You know. Exactly. And you know the 
the message involved in it as well. And I don't mean from a spiritual standpoint. Yeah, I'm just saying exactly. there's so much music out. I mean, okay, maybe it's gotten better in some regards. I mean, there's a lot of bands I've seen come up that are non-spiritual bands that, you know, they they don't have a bad message. But there's a lot of the negative, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and the downer yeah. stuff out there that, you know, is just doesn't really do anything for you, you know. Well, it's a creative thing, you know. It's like art. Sometimes people need to express what they can't express any other way through music or art or mm-hmm. or dance, you know, is another form of that. And uh, I think it's just good to pay attention to, you know, what is the artist doing. And I think people will also gravitate towards what they want to hear mm-hmm. <clears throat> or what they want to see. What? Who's howling my, my howl? I want to hear that. I want to feel that. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all will gravitate towards what we will enjoy. And like you said, will bring us, lift us up. And I think we all want to be lifted up. Yeah. Yeah, I think we do. I, I actually am what's called a music practitioner. I have training in how to use sound and music, uh, even at the uh, bedside of people uh, passing, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot during that about you know, things with a really strong rhythm are going to keep you in your body and, they're, you know, you, you're going to want to move your body, kind of like when we were listening to your music and I was like bobbing my <laughs> head. I was like, okay, just calm down now, <laughs> right? But there is music for different types of things and sometimes we need to be quiet. Sometimes we need to be introspective. Sometimes we need to have that, uh, even children's songs, you know. I love doing songs with little kids, you know, Twinkle Little Star and all that kind of stuff. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's the itsy bitsy spider. That's a different thing. But yeah, uh, so I'm I'm just sort of inviting everybody to play a little bit with music and to pay attention to it because sound is something that's really out there. And uh, we also know what it's like when the neighbors got that that loud beat going at three in the morning, and you're trying to sleep and they're not. <laughs> boom. Yeah. Boom. boom. <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Some years back, we did uh, um, live in Seattle with Ortolo, and he, uh, after listening, well, it was when they went to bumpers. He said, "I feel like taking a bottle of Coke and smashing it through." <laughs> but he he meant it all in good. I mean, he was just being funny, but so. Yeah, so if you get to that point, go back to the howling. I think that's our theme. <laughs> try not to not try not to be doing that. Um, we've talked about this a little bit, but how do you think that your music is is bringing that positive message? And what do you hope will happen as a result of that? Well, the message comes through the lyric writing and del- delivering those lyrics in a way that are going to be appealing to the ear and keep keep people listening to to the storyline or digging deeper to hear about the storyline. And it's like putting out a, a, a small sample of something like they do at a bakery. They put out a little tray, and there's some small pieces of cookie there, and you try it and go, oh, my gosh, that's really good. Oh, boy. And then you go around and you shop for a little bit, and then you come back and you sneak another one. But you're really wanting that whole cooking. That's what I hope that happens, that people take the tidbits that we have in our music, who we're pointing to, and they research a little bit deeper on their own. And not that 
it's good to tell people be be pinpointed about what you believe. I think it's also good to let people have their own imagination and find out for themselves what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked a little bit before the show, too. I want to bring this out. How, how do you go about writing your music? You know, especially like is one of you a, a songwriter? Do you all do it together? How does that come about? We all come up with ideas and we develop those song ideas um, together. Maybe Rich will come up with an idea and we'll throw it up on the table. I have an idea, excuse me, mm-hmm. and I'll throw it up on the table. And then and then we, we, we work it between each other or the guitar player we're working with or bass player or, or, or keyboardist. And then we'll just start working it to the point where we have structure. And then we'll figure out measures. And then during this point, in my heart, I'm, I'm asking God's spirit to, to guide me in the direction that I feel the music is speaking. speaking. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'll just start working on lyrics. On what, what's, what's, what, what's the message about? What, what does it need to be about to follow the rest of the song or the concept as well? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really being created in the moment. So you're inviting that, uh, I'm going to say that greater power, um, in your case, God or Jesus, you know, to help you in that moment. But it's organic. Mm-hmm. It's alive. Very, very. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Um, we probably should pay, play another one of your songs, don't you think? Yeah, great. Cool. What else do we have? This is, I think, what uh, Benny's got queued up is the the Oracle, which morphs into another piece of music, but here we go. Okay. All of us have taken what seems so grand. Illusions of freedom right in our hands. Can this be removed? What I accepted? Now so deep inside. Can I escape this offense? Or will I surely die? Can I escape? Can I escape? Or will I surely die? Can I escape the offense?
Okay, so you were listening to Global Warning, and that name of that's the Oracle, right? The Oracle, and then the... It morphs into the Mark. There's another part it will morph into as well, Mark Part 2, but that's we didn't include that in the bumper, so... Yeah, so Benny, you were talking about something that you heard on there. On the first was... set of this last bar, it was just stereo optics that were just amazing. Me and I'm yeah. like t- putting it even closer to my ear <laughs> so I can just test it out. It was amazing. Great job, by it the way. It's great. Thank you. It's really, it's it really, really, cool. really, really great. Cool. I'd like to say one more thing. Yes. Thank you so much for having us on yes. your show. You're welcome. A lot of fun. <clears throat> I just want to remind the audience that find your voice, howl, <laughs> and, uh, uh, please check out our website, www.globalwarning.net, and have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And thanks again. Yeah. yeah. Remember to hit us up for the recording stuff. I you will. Know? Yeah. yeah and, totally. and I'm going to be your agent. Oh, you are? <laughs> <laughs> I Take love that. <laughs> well, all right. You know, sometimes we go into the new year and, and uh, I always sit and kind of, you know, try to get messages and I was told to get back in my music. So we'll see what happens this year. Um, I just loved having you guys on the show. Go ahead. I got one more thing. I just want to remind everybody it is uh, 2020 and it's about the year of vision. Yes. Do not take that for granted. Open your eyes and look around and see how you can help people. People you don't know, people that you know that are screaming for help mm-hmm. on the street, whether it's a cup of coffee or a sandwich, mm-hmm. whatever it is, keep your eyes open, your heart open, because God has some great things for you. I love that message. That's always my message. This is Loretta Brown, my guest today, Global Warning, and Ellen Boyd and Rich Weaver. Check them out. And be kind to each other and uh, keep breathing and howling over the weekend, especially with that moon. So much love to all of you. Be blessed. Thank you. (laughs) 